Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. coaches and volunteers who make our great game happen. Check out all the previous episodes in video and podcast form by checking out fybrugby.com. This week, the panel and myself chat about the grassroots game north of the border in Scotland. Let's get on with the show. Hi everyone, uh, my name's Sean Phelan and welcome to this, the seventh uh, Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. Um, if you're watching us on Facebook, welcome. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, welcome to you as well. And our podcast, thank you for listening. Um, this edition of the Roundtable uh, is going to be all about Scottish grassroots rugby uh, and everything that's sort of going on in the grassroots up there. And I would like to introduce our panel. So we've got Ian Chisholm, the director of rugby at LRFC. We've got Cammy Black from the Scottish blog, uh, blog and the Scottish Rugby podcast. And the one and only Mr. Bruce Aitchison. How are we, gentlemen? How are you? Very well, thank you. All good, yeah. All good. Yeah, good, big, handsome, Sean. Good to see you, fella. Cheers uh, for uh, giving up a, a bit of your evening uh, to, to have a chat. Um, Ian, we'll just start with you. Uh, how was rugby uh, at Highland uh, before lockdown, before everything sort of got shut down? How how are you guys getting on? Uh, it, it was great. It was a first season in, in National 1. Um, uh, Bruce will know, it, it was kind of a, an unknown what we were going to get into. We didn't really know what... Um, the Super Six club sides were going to look like. Um, some were much stronger than others, and we, we, we at the start of the season, we'd kind of settled on a like let's just go for a top four finish, and and if if we get anywhere near that, you know we're happy. Um, if we don't reach that, then tenth and above is good. Um, and we, we 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 got it went it started really well. You know we we beat bigger at home, um, and. After that, Bigger went unbeaten for the rest of the season, and they animals, absolute animals. You know their 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 contact skills and their ability to kick the living shit out of you was um, was something else. And uh, I I can't imagine that it would be training that I would like. But um, you know, it's when you hear the word Bigger, you probably you, you probably uh, associate it with hard men. And I was lucky enough to be development officer there for a year and a half, so I. I know a lot of the guys really well, and uh, um, I'm I'm actually pretty gutted that they didn't get to get to get promoted because they're a they're a really ambitious side, um, and it would it would have been nice if that was honoured. But hey ho, um, it would have been easier for us to get promoted next year if they got if they got promoted as well. Um, but we look, things were going really well. We we were gathering a really great a really really good squad of of you know eighty percent local boys. The rest of them are. Our incomers like myself, and uh, you know, you've got we, we have a, a great relationship with uh, with the army. We've got a, a good relationship with UHI, and um, we we were working really closely with a lot of a lot of, a lot of different establishments in in the city and in in the region to, to not not necessarily try and kick rugby on, but try and grow the brand and try and make people aware that there actually is a rugby club there because for you know, when I came into the job three years ago, the the road wasn't yet built and the club wasn't yet built, and then all of a sudden people started to realise that it was actually a rugby club in Inverness, and um, our numbers grew from there, and uh, and 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 now we ended up in third, ended up in third in in National One, and you know if it wasn't for our away form, I would uh, I would have put us up there for for getting promoted had had lockdown not happened, but. Look, it's uh, next se- next season when whenever next season might be. Um, we're absolutely wanting to push for the Premiership, and um, and we, we've just had a club development plan where 
you know, we've, we've left things very open as to how that top level of Scottish rugby like might look for us. So, you know, if that does mean super rugby, then I think it's important that the North is that the, the North is represented. And um, that doesn't mean Aberdeen. People in Inverness couldn't get a shite about Aberdeen. Um, <laughs> um, so, so, you know, I think Aberdeen deserves its own go at it as well. But um, look, think, things things were great for us. We were, we were absolutely flying. And um, I, I really hope we can pick up where we left off. And the guys are, the guys are super keen. Like, they just absolutely love rugby. Um, and it's, you know, you, you know, three years ago, it was a lot of boys who they could pass, they could tackle, but they didn't have a lot of rugby about them. They didn't really care how to play the game. And, and you know, we, we had to, we kind of worked, back, worked backwards from the game. And it was a, it was a case of, there's my boy banging on the door. There was a case of, uh, 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 let, let's put a shape in and let's just, let's just make training look as close to the game as possible. And let's get ourselves super fit. Let's, let's make our core skills really, really good. And, um, and we, we ended up just keeping and going and going and going. And, and now we've, we've set ourselves really high standards and, um, you know, usually we would suffer from the brain drain where a lot of players go away. Um, but UH, UHI or partnership with the University of Highlands and Islands and Inverness College is, is, uh, is something that I'm really excited about. And it's something that I'm really excited about getting going again. Um, I'm more hopeful that more and more kids are going to end up staying in Inverness. Um, which was I was telling you off there that you know I couldn't wait to get out of Jed when I was younger, but now looking back, you know I, I probably wish I'd been more loyal to Jed, and I probably wish that I'd uh, I'd stayed around for a bit longer. Um, but I'd be an awful joiner, an awful plumber. I'm I'm pretty work shy when it comes to it. So um, I think I, yeah, I think I think looking at it, Highlands in a good place at the moment, um, and you know we've we've made some. I say we've made some made some good signings. You know, we get really, really lucky with people moving to the area. Um, Harry Mahoney, for example, a Leicester Tigers boy, came out came out of the academy. He's played for Loughborough. Um, he's a great boy, big boy. He's a he was a hooker in all his uh, highlights reel, and he's came and says, "Nah, I don't want to play hooker." And then we seen him training, and I thought this might be an opportunity for me to get out of the centre. So um, uh, he, he's we're hopefully going to play him at thirteen, and then you know we've got. Um, We've got Junior Balumakau who's moved back to who's moved to the area. He's back in, into the army. Actually, passed him in the car today. He's looking well. Um, but again, we need to take it easy with him because he's off about his five hundredth ACL operation. Um, and then we've got we've got a guy called Ben Morris who's who's from Elgin. Um, he's wanted to get involved, but I think it says a lot for how far the cl- clubs come. Um, I know the facilities do absolute wonders for it, but it would just be an empty shell without the people that run it and, um, and without the programs that, that go into it. But you know, th- three four years ago, these these people wouldn't have come to the club; they would have just not bothered playing rugby. And it, it, it poses its own challenges on a Tuesday and a Thursday, particularly in the in the winter months where it's freezing cold and uh, like every step you take, you can you can hear the crisp ice breaking. And you've only, we've only got floodlights on one pitch, so we're trying to fit, you know, 100 to 120 players plus 18s on on, on one pitch throughout the night, and it, it can make for a cold night if you're coaching for three, four hours. Sean, like I, think some, it, uh... I think it's, it's important, Sean, to give you a bit of context here, because you're down in London Village, and you've probably not got half a clue about some of the stuff Chizzy's just been talking about there. <laughs> this, the... The super six. No, that was uh, my next. My, that was my next. That was yeah. my next question. <laughs> Sorry, be, apologies. Yeah. I, I, I know. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. I was going to say, like, Cammy, explain to us. Uh, explain to me, because uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie, ignorant about this whole thing. You know, London boy. You know, Philly Boots is very much England-based, as much as it's you know could be global. It's very much England-based. What is the structure of Scottish of Scottish rugby? Well, it's, I mean, it's just Thanks, changed. Bruce. So you've got, we've now got, the, well, this season, it started with, with the Super Six. So it's a, kind of the semi-professional there below the Pro 14. So the equivalent so of the championship. So the equivalent of the championship. Kind of, but yeah, 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 not really. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, you've <laughs> okay. got, so the, the, the idea, the SIU said, look, we want to create, this. guys want to be paid to play rugby. And we'll come on that, like, you know, and, and it was happening in the, you know, in, in the lower leagues at all levels players being played and that had its own issues and we'll talk we'll maybe touch on that later so the idea is it creates a pathway in theory for players who want to go and be paid to play rugby and potentially then go and play in the the pro 14 
players who might want to drop down and from who owns four fourteen. The SRU technically the franchises. So the idea, what they said is, okay. they, they asked clubs to bid for bid for these six franchises. The the the, the aim is to have eight. Now that the massive co- controversy okay. that came out of this. Now, Ian, I don't think there was a bid from the northeast, was there? Um, this um, time round, no, no. There wasn't a bid from the northeast, but I think there's an ambition that at some point, you know, looking at the Super Eight, that's that's where you want to do. And I think a Highlander, the work that's going on there, is perfectly placed to in future create that. The problem you had though is a lot of the franchises went to Edinburgh, where surprise, surprise, traditionally is the rugby base in the, the base of power in Scottish rugby. You get no franchises at all in Glasgow, which for a potential market for rugby is huge. We end up with the Ayrshire Bulls. Which you know, fair enough. It's it's that way over, but nothing. And then in um, the borders again, hotbed of rugby, you get Melrose, who've renamed themselves the Southern Knights. So you've got a concentration. It hasn't. You, you end up with a concentration of clubs in Edinburgh, which for me doesn't really solve anything. That's where people are playing rugby. You've got nothing in Glasgow at all. But you've got good teams in Glasgow. I mean, those Glasgow Hawks, they put in a bid. Glasgow Hawks were created solely to create a pathway for players in the Glasgow region to play at a higher level. So the idea is all the Glasgow clubs, would, their best players would go and play for Hawks. So they, they pull all the development from all the different clubs in, in Glasgow. They were unsuccessful with their bid. They were quite you know openly um, upset about that. The club was at risk, I think, of because of, what's the point in a development club if there isn't a, you know, the, the reason for, for, you, for your being has, has been taken from under you. What they've done though, which is absolutely amazing, they're now looking at putting out a second team this, you know, next season, even with COVID. So I think to, for a, a relatively new club in Glasgow Hawks to pull that together says something about the the people that were there. So below the Super Six, then, and they, they're on their own. I would say there's no promotion and relegation to Super Six. It's just this competition between the six teams. You then have Premier. You've got the Premier National One, National Two, National Three. That's your national leagues. Then below that, you've got your regional leagues. Now again. Bruce and Ian will correct me on this. I think in Premier and that in Premier, the, the clubs can play players. Below that level, the it, you're limited in who you can pay. So I think we're, so we're af- talking- after yeah after this after this year, this was the last year that you could pay anybody in National One. Yeah. So after that, you the the idea is that it's completely amateur. Now I think you know before we came on here, Ian was talking about some of the issues with that, and and we'll come on to that. I think, but one of the benefits of it. Is a club like Berwick, I mean, that's my hometown, cl- hometown club. My dad was president for a few years. My brother was captain there. Berwick really struggled. They've got a very strong youth setup, but all their best Colts players went off and played for the clubs that could, would, were paying them 50, 50 60, 100 pounds a game plus expenses. All Berwick could afford to pay was expenses. And they said, We're not going to go outside of our what we can afford. We'll pay you expenses for players to come back from uni to play, to train. And, and you know, but it meant that they lost their best players from Colts. This mm. season, what you've seen, you look at Berwick. I mean, Berwick have gone from the regional regional rugby to top of National 3 in a season. And that's, I think, and you look at the league, National 2 and National 3 and how close they are, that's because I think they've been able to retain their good Colts players and retain their players because they're not getting tempted to go and play elsewhere. I mean, one season, when they last were in National 3 a couple of years ago, they played one team at the start of the season on the west coast of Scotland, absolutely, absolutely hulked them. Return fixture, they've suddenly got two lads with Kiwi accents playing for them. Nobody knows where they've come from and they get beat. You know, so it was going on, and I think it was probably to the detriment of developing young players because that you know you, you get filled up. So that that's the structure in Scotland. I think overall, what we're seeing is that there are a lot of teams who have maybe struggled in the past to even put out second teams, even first teams. That there seems to be an increase in participation, and I think that's young players are, are staying on in the game post Colts. I don't think it's necessarily all the players coming back. It's that the young players are wanting to stay on and carry on playing. And I think there's a ma- there used to be a massive drop-off after Colts. I mean, I stopped playing when I was 16, but that's because I was five foot eight at the time. And two years later, I hit 6-1. So I was pretty bitter about that. <laughs> I, was out, I was out of practice at that point. <laughs> so, uh, so you mentioned the participation drop-off. Um, you know, I know in England that there is a massive drop-off sort of past cults so do you think it's sort of uh, an opposite an opposite uh, scenario in Scotland where actually people are staying on I, I mean it's hard to say what what is and whether that's happening I mean the the SIU've got their own way of reporting player numbers I mean anecdotally what you can see is that clubs are being able to put out 
meet their fixtures for the first teams and are starting to put out second teams. So anecdotally, that would tell you that the player retention is happening. Whether or not there's an inc- a massive increase in, in players, I, I'm not sure we could point to any figures at this point there. So you've got Scrums, which I don't know what it stands for. It's their player database. I think they've reported there's been an increase, but that's I think it's only just been implemented. So it's maybe a, a few years and they will have consistent stats about who you know player numbers and who's who's been retained and through the system okay cool uh yeah thanks for that as i said you know, as i said at the start uh completely ignorant that's you know probably my fault but um scott you know, i want to try and move philly boots into scotland so ho- hopefully this will you know, go a little bit away to to educating me and 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 people that are watching um Bruce, you can answer this one from from Andy. Uh, and if you want to get your questions in, just put them in the chat, and then we'll we'll discuss them. Uh, but I think this one is sort of quite apt for what we were just talking about. Will grassroots rugby clubs suffer when the Super Six restarts? Uh, no, and the reason I say that is personally, Super Six has become its own entity. I mean, there's there's Chizzy talking about Highland now. To give you a bit of context and to tell you the job that Chizzy has done at Highland, Highland Inverness is an absolute rugby outpost. Now, I don't mean that in any way detrimentally to what Highland has been. They've produced individual players at various points in their history who have done great things in the game. As Chizzy was saying and and Cammy touched on, this brain drain players have come up through the Highland system and they've gone away from Highland and they've achieved things away from Highland. When I was coaching against Chizzy, um, now I don't know how reliable the old boy in the bar was that I was chatting to afterwards, but he he reliably informed me that of the 19 boys listed in the Highland squad that Saturday who gave us an absolute pace then, 18 of them had played age group rugby at the club. Now, that has to be the way forward for a club like Highland because although Chizzy's talking about guys who are coming into the city, that's not a guarantee. That is not something that's happening. Cammy's point about Edinburgh, there are always kids and men and players coming into Edinburgh. And even the women's game now, the the players in Edinburgh, the women's game is growing hugely here with teams fielding second 15s and, and the squad's getting stronger. So the work that Chizzy's done um, has been absolutely phenomenal. And the Highland Club has really grown. And they have first-class facilities that must, although Chizzy's talking about, you know, it must be tough on a Tuesday and a Thursday evening, it also will be a damn sight easier going to Highland on a Tuesday and a Thursday than it will be to some of the clubs who don't have those facilities. And that makes players feel not necessarily special, but it's worth going to Highland because you know you're going to get a quality experience on a Tuesday and a Thursday because you've got a great facility. You've got people like Chizzy who is died in the wool rugby um, and has inspired others who maybe had that fire, but it had just dimmed a little bit. And he's really galvanised that club. And, you know, if I had a hat on, I'd take it off to him because it's absolutely no underestimation about the work he has he has done there and achieved there. Now, Highland are now at a point where, as a club, they can compete. So to talk about them being in, a high, in the... National League, sorry, and finishing so well, that is that is absolutely phenomenal. And they're doing it off the back of a development programme and engaging with the community. Now, Cammy's club is Berwick. They're not even bloody Scottish for a start. <laughs> so we're not English can... either. We're just we're just Berwick. Uh, exactly. They, they want to be both. I spoke at the Berwick dinner, and they had a representative from the RFU on one side of me and the SRU on the other side of me because they don't know who they are. We're members, well, mem- members of both. Members of both, I know. Who, which side are they playing for? So you've got... <laughs> and the only reason and the only reason they're members of both is so they can get ticket allocation for Murrayfield and Twickenham, and that's the truth. <laughs> but you've, you've got a club like Berwick, who, as Cammy was saying, at one point were probably slipping boys a bit of cash to play for them. But for Berwick to play in a national league, Berwick to Inverness is quite a commitment to what is an amateur game. For Chizzy, every second week, Highlander having to make a whole day adventure 
to play an 80-minute game of rugby. And that is very, very tough on club teams. Now, the question you asked was, will clubs suffer when Super 6 restarts? I don't think so, because what I think clubs are now beginning to realise, because that uh, aspiration possibly of becoming a semi-professional team or the team that produces players for the pro game has actually slid down the priority list for a lot of clubs. Clubs now, like Highland, like Berwick, want to field teams full of people who mean something to the club and who the club means something to them. So having Johnny Flyby who wants 50 quid a game for a season and then they disappear is not worth the 50 quid a game. You want people who are going to invest, they're going to stick around and spend money over the bar. They're going to bring their kids to the mini rugby. They're going to attend the functions that you need to generate income for your club. And if those players are good enough to go to Super 6, I hope any club is going to allow their player to go with the best wishes because personally I think if you give those players that platform, they might, like Chizzy and, and Cami have told stories of, they might decide, actually, this is I, I don't want to be a semi-professional rugby player. I don't want to be a professional rugby player. I'm happy with the career path I've chosen, and rugby's my hobby, and I get my kicks where I am, with my mates, in a place that I care about, playing in a jersey that I care about and means something to me. If and I, don't, I think, I, sorry, I think, I, th I think that point's really important there, is that... You know, not everybody wants to play Super Six. Not everybody wants to do that. And hundred percent. And 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 personally, I I don't have a problem with teams paying players, but um, you know, it has to be done sensibly, and it has to be, you know, for for example, we we're very lucky that we have the facilities that we have a strong youth setup, and we have a, a conveyor belt of players coming through, and now we have the brand that that lets players that that, that draws players to us. But um, the the club game is. Is going to be stronger, particularly Melrose. I know that because there's going to there's going to be a fair few players dropping out of the Southern Knights into their club side, and and I can imagine it will be the same for for all of them. Um, you look at you you look at what Gala have done, like you were saying earlier. Is you know Fraser Thompson's there as head coach. Um, I've no doubt that he'll he'll get them get them going really well. And you know I I actually won my first game ever against Gala. Um, the end of January there, just no far away for lockdown. You know, these boys went, Highland boys went down there and, and won on their first attempt. And I've been trying to beat Gala and Gala for 20 years. In fact, I've been trying to beat Gala and Jed for 20 years. Never mind, never mind in Gala. And, um, you know, I, I can imagine there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of um, Scots qualified players coming into play Super 6 in, over the next couple of years. And, and look, I think it needs that for the first wee while. It's, it's not the finished product yet. Um, but I think it's going to be really, really important going forward for, for our pro teams and for, for the international teams and, and for our coach development. Um, but, yeah, I think I think the club game is going to be a lot stronger because of Super 6 this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my, my one thing, I think the big mistake they made with Super 6 is they didn't just regionalise it because that, that for me, would be the buy-in. You, you create a South, you know, bring back the South, you know, have those regional teams that the clubs are part then that every club is then part of that so you have a you know a caledonia region you've got the west you've got the east maybe you've got Embra on its own let them sort themselves out and then have the south and you know if you pull the clubs in under that and have it feed up i think there's much more buy-in there i think unfortunately and i use the southern knights as an example i think because you had two bids for your gala and i think southern knights both bid for super six rather than going as a, as a borders team it's then a hard you know it's Melrose now have the hard job of trying to sell their brand to the borders, and you've got two teams who've been unsuccessful in bids, and it's 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 hard to get buy-in then from other clubs when you're the, the successful club that's that's got Cammy, the bid. Yeah, um, I'm I'm right behind you, at, like personally, and and you and I are old enough to remember the districts, and and Chizzy <laughs> probably as a as a nipper remembers the districts. So Sean, up here we used to have four district sides: with the South, the North, and Midlands, Glasgow, and Edinburgh. And that was something that club players aspired to. Now, the, the reason I butt in there, uh, I got to sit next to Jim Rennick at a, at a lunch. Jim, mm. Scottish and British and Irish Lions legend, uh, sharp as a tack, although he hides it pretty well. And uh, Jim, Jim said something to me that I have to admit I'd never thought about. And uh, Chizzy's hero was probably Roy Laidlaw when he was a boy. So Roy Laidlaw played for Jed. 
but he he never left and he probably never even considered it, although I've no doubt there were rugby league teams who were trying to get him to go and play professionally. But Roy played at Jed and Jim said to me, the reason that people like Roy Laidlaw could stay at a club like Jed was because the South gave him a shop window to play for Scotland. Mm. So you, you had guys, and, and even there will be guys who played for Highland who were happy to play for Highland knowing they were going to be selected for North and Midlands, and that was what gave them their shop window to play for Scotland. Now, the districts, that, that, that ship has sailed. It looks unlikely that we'll ever get that back. Personally, I do, I would love the clubs below the Super 6 to resurrect that. I think it would be an amazing thing. I would love to go to Mansfield Park and watch the South play an Edinburgh team or go up to Aberdeen or, or Highland and watch the North and Midlands play against the... That, that to me is... That gives those players who are happy to be club players, happy to be amateur players, something to aspire to. And now we have, uh, Sean, whether you're aware of this or not, we have the club international team which is uh, selected from the amateur yeah. clubs in Scotland. And they play against, they used to play against English counties, but English counties took a paste in it Netherdale one year. And I think they took their <laughs> ball and uh, they took their ball and went home unhappy. And they play against their Irish counterparts. But the Irish level now, because of Super 6, the Irish level now is actually quite far above at the moment, but it, it hopefully will improve the, the Scottish uh, club level. But given players... It's great that they're able to stay at their club, but I still feel there's a chance to give them something to aspire to. Um, I spoke to a Super 6 coach who was asking me about a player in the National League and said he, he had no ambition because the kid didn't want to go and play Super 6 rugby. But the problem was this, this guy, who's not coaching now, this guy um, didn't actually know this kid. And the thing about this kid was... The club he was at, he was fully immersed in, as were his family. He was getting onto the sort of invitational rugby circuit. So he was getting a bit of a kick out of a trip to here and there, playing with different players from other places. So he was happy to be at his club. It wasn't that he lacked ambition, because he was very ambitious for his club in the way that a lot of boys at Berwick and Highland will be. They're ambitious for their club but they're not necessarily ambitious to be a professional rugby player. Because although we think it's probably the dream job, for a lot of people, it's not. It's not what they want to do. They're happy with rugby being their hobby. And a point that, that Cammy made, and, and a point I agree with, that there was, a, there was a bit of a period of time where the old premiership, which was the top club level in Scotland, which had too many teams in it for a start, but there was this feeling that it was full of boys who wanted to be professional rugby players. That's actually a, a, quite a lot of nonsense. There were boys in there who did want to be professional rugby players. There were boys who had been professional rugby players and were now beginning life as something else. There were guys in there who were never going to be professional rugby players. There was guys who were actually second 15 players but were getting a bit of a run in a first team. And there was a whole heap of guys who were picking up money to do their hobby. So they were quite happy to get £100 a game playing in clubland, but also being a professional, whatever it may be. So... There was personally, I think there was a bit of a misidentity around what that top level was. But we, I think we, the the union did have a responsibility to provide some kind of mechanism for guys to put themselves in a more professional shop window. The Super Six is now what we've got, and and I certainly hope it succeeds. But I think it's got a way to go before we can actually see it bearing fruit. I think what what I'd hope Super Six doesn't become is is the only path seen as the only pathway. For players that they can carry, if they want to carry on playing for their clubs and play to a very good level, that someone still might pick them up if they've got potential, and and they could leapfrog, you know, the super without having to go through the super six and kind of almost do their apprenticeship. I hope it's 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 a pathway, but not seen as the only one. The same way that I think, particularly with the youth setup, there's there's an over reliance. I think sometimes on schools, and I think that's to the detriment of clubs like Highland and Berwick, who have got very good youth setups. But there's there's a perception, I think. With, with the selectors at national level for young players that when you look at the players they're selecting, they're all from the same club and they're all from the same schools. And I think they are a pathway, but they are not the only pathway. And that's that's a problem in Scotland I think we've got at the minute that th there's not a broad enough kind of view of what the different pathways are. I don't think the, the selectors are getting out to all the clubs and seeing all the potential young players out there. I mean, Berwick won the, the BT Shield. I'm actually going to bring that up. 
couple of seasons ago. That that team that won it absolutely stacked. It's it's taken them twenty nine minutes, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Twenty nine minutes. <laughs> but that you know that that team is stacked with talent, right? And and they've kind of, you know I, I wouldn't want anyone to go and poach those players because they've 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 kept the squad together and have done had a really good season, but. You know, there's no reason any of those boys aren't any better than boys playing at a higher level. So I would hope that the Super Six isn't the only pathway in the same way as I hope that we start to see that schools aren't the only pathway and certain clubs in Embra aren't the only place that there are good, good young players. I think it's time somebody came and signed up Paul Pringle, the, the young upstart for Berwick, <laughs> who, who claims that he's the same age as me, but I'm pretty sure he's 54. He was delighted with that, that win. <laughs> The eyemouth trout. The eyemouth trout. <laughs> but Chizzy, up in up in Highland, how do you think the the kids there? Because you're working right from the bottom up at Highland, so you know everybody from the senior boys to the the kids who are are young and ambitious. Do you think those kids there feel like they've got a shot at it, or do they feel like they're they're too far away from the action? Uh, I I think they think they've got a shot at it. But that shot is in the past has been through a private school, is getting picked up through a private school. So, um, you, you know, we had uh, Jamie Doby, for example. I'm not sure we can really claim him. Um, Paddy Kelly, um, the, the, the Flock. Uh, who else have we got? Um, oh, there's a, there, there's a ton of them that are going by that, that blank me. But these guys all came through Highland Youth Set up till a certain point and went away uh, on a scholarship to private school and. You know, and that's that's great because at, at the moment we can't offer the same sort of programs that we they can, but it's something that we aspire to, and and uh, a lot a lot of the schools are very helpful in, in how we can do that. But you know, our geography definitely works against us sometimes and works for us at other times. You know, because we we have Premiership players, potentially Super Six level players, who have nowhere else to play their rugby. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going to be able to keep them. But then on the flip side of that, we have to travel four, five, six hours every second week to, to get to where we want to be. And that's a huge commitment for, for our guys. And, um, you know, I, I, I've struggled over the last couple of years to, to, hit, to hit every, every away game because um, I've got a young family now. And good to remember that it is still a hobby for these guys. And um, it, it's up to us as a club to treat them extremely well while they're at the rugby club. So that's, you know, that's not... That we, we talk about being the most professional community club that we can be, and, and that's not money. You know, that's that's how we act, how we're perceived, um, how how we how we promote the brand within within the city. And you know, a lot of our guys are, are PE teachers, which which helps a lot. Um, so they, they we we're absolutely able to have that instant in in all the schools that we have, and there's 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 a ton of schools here, and um, and you, you see the city turning. You know, it's 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 a very very football dominated area with Ross County and, and Inverness Caledonia and Thistle up here. There are professional teams, Sean, and then you've got Shinty as well, which is the traditional game here as well. So um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure if you would count rugby as the second or the third sport, but um, you see more and more green and red tops throughout the city everywhere you go. And you know, a lot a lot of these kids now I don't I don't recognise, which is which is great. Um, and you know, three years ago we 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 spoke about what do you want to get out of rugby? And, you know, it was, I want to play for Scotland. I want to play for Glasgow Warriors. And now when we've done that last year, it was, I want to play for Highland first 15. And you're like, excellent. That, you know, that's exactly what we want. We want you to be really, really rubbish at rugby and really thick. So you stay here forever. <laughs> um, but it, look, it's it, on, on, on the flip side of that, we're so reliant on, on players coming back from university. You know, the, the majority of our first team, second team, third team have all been away and came back and, and, uh, at the moment, that's that's where our logistical problems come because we have to try and fit in all these guys who are probably not going to be here when the season comes. Um, but we know that we're going to get them back at some point. So, you know, it's good to invest in them as well. Um, Sean, that's, you know, a, I, that's I, a point Chizzy makes there. You, you, like you spoke about drop-off the young players. But the point Chizzy makes there, that that's a worry for me with, with Clubland is when boys' life starts to take over, whether that be family or professional life, the work pattern has now changed. Boys have to work on a Saturday. Like, Chizzy, you must be getting on buses at half past eight in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, and not back until midnight. And that's, nobody, that's can a big ever, nobody can remember when they get back. 
Ah, exactly. Yeah, on the on the Scooby Doo bike on the way home, it's a mystery. No, get, get, I mean, get, and even get even like I mean, even like you know, in, in kind of more rural game, you get you you struggle to get guys during lambing. You struggle to get guys during harvest. It's it's a it, it is an issue, you know, and, and it's a big ask. I mean, Berwick played. You know, last time we were in National Three a couple of years ago, we had Orkney. Right, and you know, and it's one trip for Berwick to get up to Orkney, but it was a, yeah. it was, it was two nights, two, you know, two nights and and a bus, a bus up and a bus back with supporters, and it was a whole season of fundraising. But on top of that, Sean, they get, I mean, they get a subsidy from the SIU to go and travel up to Orkney, but on top of that, they still had to go and fundraise, and then you've got the the difficulty. I mean, it was Orkney were fantastic. I got you know, Orkney put up, we sorted out hotel on Orkney. Sorted out the ferry for them. The boys found out that it was five pounds upgrade to first class on the way back, and it was all you could drink. So they drank the bar dry on the way home. But, but getting a team of fifteen rugby players in a hotel. Now you imagine four in a hotel in Inverness. Cause they stayed at Inverness on the way back. I think you phone up a Premier and going, "I've got a bus of rugby boys coming on the way down. Can we stay with you?" They had to split them across yeah. two Premier ins, and they were all absolutely knacked from playing a game of rugby. So they weren't going to get up to anything. But just the reputation, the idea of four in a hotel. So that's if Berwick have got that for one game of a season against Orkney, you imagine the challenges for Highland having to travel every weekend and have those negotiations with hotels, bus I'd companies, and doing all the fundraising on top of it. Kami, it's I, I'm the only one that complains about it. Like these guys, <laughs> these, these honestly, it's it's me, it's me and Brian Bell, the two Southerners, and Brian's been up for a long time now that he doesn't complain about it. But you know, it, it, it does take a long time to get used to it, is going up the A9 all the time. And these boys just they just do it. And you know, you you, you think about Keith Ness and Orkney after that as well. You know, they've mm. they've got it much tougher than we do. You know, we we get a, a, lu- a luxury bus which is it's got four tables in it, so we get to play cards. Um See, Eric, Eric have got card tables for their buses. So there's two buses they get. So they've got two card tables that they've cut specially for the buses. That's, that's where you're going wrong. You need to get a joiner in. See, we, we, we never ever stay overnight. We always just do it in a day because that's yeah. that's just what we do. And we've it's actually a bit of um a, a bit of fear as well, because anytime we've stayed overnight, we've been beat. So we um <laughs> We, we, I thought, I thought you were going to say you left somebody or somebody got lost. Uh, there's a few, there's a few <laughs> stories from uh, from the second 15th trip away up to Stornoway. Uh, but you know these are the, the, the regional, the regional leagues as well. Sorry, we're, we're we're harping on about the about our first team when you know our our second team are you know they're they're probably the second best team in the region, and you know they've they've won calling off two for the last three years in a row quite convincingly and. Um, it's getting to a point where you know we we used fifty two players in our first fifteen last year, so that means that we have whatever the maths is. You can it, Bruce. We have we have twenty to twenty three players, twenty to twenty three players who are of first team level going away and playing against players who are just maybe pitching up for a Saturday afternoon. But you know that's that's just the way that that's just the way that um, the leagues work. We can't be promoted out of that, and you know it's. That that's a frustrating thing for us because as, I think as long as teams are able to vote on their own structure of their league, there's always going to be voting. There's always going to be a bit of self interest, and there's nothing wrong with that. People have to look after themselves, but at the same time, you know, we we we're now starting to worry because you know I think Banff, we went down to Banff and we we gave Banff a good hiding. And look, these games are super physical. The further down the leagues you go, they're super physical. But you know, if we're able to keep the ball for five phases, move it around, play to space. We score nearly every time, and that's and that's the way that we play the game. We play a really fast tempo, high, high tempo offloading game, and then in the return fixture, Banff turned up with thirteen players, and we end up beating them by a hundred points. And our guys are like, "What's the point in this?" So you know, mm. it's not just it's not just for our development that we we want of, of, we want Highland to go as far up as we can because we we think that our second fifteen could could push on in Cali one as well, and. Um, See, Chizzy, that's a, I was chatting to Sean the other night and, and we were sort of talking about things about the game that we maybe would get rid of. And, and personally, I'm beginning to feel like you're saying that's not doing your guys any good or their guys any good. And when you then see Highland second team on your fixture list, it's amazing how many stag do's and granny's birthdays are on that weekend so that you're not bothering yeah. playing. So, so a whole load of people are missing out. But as I was saying to Sean... Uh, or one of the things we were sort of chatting about, there gets to a point, I think, where I would like fixture secretaries to be like they were 
30 years ago where they've actually got to work really hard to find fixtures because the league structure doesn't work for everybody. Highland 2s, like you say, could be much further up, but because they're seen as a second 15, they have, they have a, they've hit a ceiling. And, you know, there are clubs where there was a time where you'll remember both of you when Hoik YM were on the rise and there was actually a little, a little sort of teetering point where if Hoik had got relegated, which was possible yeah. at that point, mm. and the YM had got promoted, there would have been two Hoik teams in the same division. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but in a town like Hoik, it absolutely is. And the YM were likely players who could have been in the Hoik squad. So those situations, I, I don't know, do they need to be avoided? If, you know, if... If Highland 2s drew Highland in the cup, I'm pretty sure it would be a humdinger of a game and it would be class to watch, and, and why not? So I, I'm wondering if the further down we go, I understand why there's a league structure, but there will be boys who play who have got no idea what the league table looks like. They're just turning yeah. up because they want to play rugby. And that's uh, I, I'm not sure that that would be sold very well, and I'm probably just speaking for myself there, but I think what you would get is if some if one player in your club is getting married and they're all going on the stag do, rather than not fulfil a league fixture and get fined four points and all that kind of stuff, your fixture secretary knows and doesn't schedule a game for that Saturday. But that's that's maybe a bridge too far as we are at the moment. Uh, it, it is difficult because we our league season's far too long. Um like we, 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 I think we travelled over three, three and a half thousand miles last year, um, and our second fifteen for a regional league, they they nearly travelled just as far. You know, our our games are so Sean, that geography wise, our our regional league is uh, we have a lot of teams in Aberdeen, which is probably just as far as Edinburgh. Um, so uh, that that's a challenge in itself is is motivation. Uh, how do you how do you get guys on a bus in the middle of winter? potentially knowing that they're going to get the living shit kicked out of them in, in a big, horrible, greasy uh, game against Mackey, who, who are a, a really physical side and they, sc- they scrum you off the park. Um, and we, we maybe edge a win, but then in the dry, in the return game, none of them are really interested. And, in, you know, we, we've got a duty as a club to try and get our players the, the, the best standard possible. And we would be happy with our ceiling being Cali 1. Like, we would, we would be more than happy with that. And we did we did put in a – the club club did really well and they put in a, a motion to, to try and get us up there. But, you know, the, the Midlands clubs and, – and it was pretty vague, the question that went to them. And I think it has to be. The Midlands clubs had um, – I think it was, um, would you be willing to have uh, second 15s promoted into Cali 1? And the Midlands clubs thinking Stirling County, big club there, maybe maybe that will affect our player numbers. Uh, said no, and like I, I totally get that. But you know, the, the travel is, is is just something that we do and something we have to get on with. But you know, if, if we're ambitious and we're developing these players within good programs, so like I, if I didn't believe they were they were good, then what's the point of me being here? Then uh, you know we're we're going to suffer at first fifteen level as well because the. the divide between playing levels is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's Berwick. I mean, Berwick's seconds play in Northumberland, I think I mentioned earlier, and um, won the County Cup in 2019. I'll get that in there as well. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, having a really healthy seconds team is a good thing because that, that means you've got, you, you then got a healthy first team and you need a competitive second team so that when the players that are kind of on the fringes, the need to step up when someone's, you know, got work commitment, got family commitment the weekend, need to be playing competitive rugby and able to step up. And at the same time, you need to have a competitive second team so that when guys drop out of the first team because, the, the, you know, they've not they've missed a couple of games and they need to get back to match fitness, they, they don't want to be going and, you know, playing against, you know, a lot of 50-year-old guys, you know, chucking around. They want to play competitive rugby, right? So you need, having a competitive seconds means you've got a better competitive first. So yeah. I think... We need much more free reign for clubs that have got competitive second teams to 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 be able to do with that, you know, as as they want to in a way. Like I said, I, I don't, see, you know, Hoyt Hoyt YM versus Hoyt. I mean, what a great fixture that would be for the town. Has Hoyt got the most rugby clubs per capita in the world? That's that was what I was trying to work out the other day. The YM have gone though. The trades have gone. Yeah. The, the number of clubs in Hoyt, unfortunately, and and. You know, it's still the, it's still the number one game in town, but but football's not far away, and the 
the tradition of places like Gala, where you know where I've got a fair bit of knowledge from, that the youth rugby there, the numbers, the the under 18s couldn't play in the league because they didn't have enough front row players. Mm-hmm. So for a season, they had to sit out the under 18 league, which is, you know, Chizzy talking about a, a pathway for Highland. There are clubs, big clubs, clubs with history of producing lots of internationals and players to the pro game who are now struggling to to energise and enthuse the youth of the towns and the places where they're based to, to play the game of rugby. And that is that is a challenge. So the drop-off is not quite as big a worry for me. The recruitment and the, the retention can only happen if there's, there's the mechanism to do it. And the point about clubs and schools is, you know, that one's going to rage on for, for years and years and years. And, and the... The, the thing about second 15s having meaningful fixtures, you know, schools have to have meaningful fixtures. Clubs have to have meaningful fixtures. And there has been attempts to have crossover, but they're they're quite sticky and, they, and they've not really had the the outcome that I think everybody wanted. Sean, I'm a bit worried. Has nobody tuned in? There's been one question in 45 minutes. Have we, are we just too good that we're answering everything? No, no, no. We, we've had a... No. We, we've had a couple, but I did... I did I'm conscious of everyone's time, so I don't didn't want to necessarily go too much longer. So if you've got if you've got five more minutes, we'll we'll we'll, we'll take them both. Take them both for that. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had we've had three questions. That's good. That's good. Don't worry about that. Yeah. So how would so, you guys feel about the regional leagues to replace? So sorry. Um. I. I think I've been pretty vocal about this on on Twitter. Is you know I I am all for regional leagues. I I think you know um, the board the borders league is an outstanding product that just needs a little bit of tweaking. You know it's a, um, it needs to be sold a little bit better. I think uh, Edinburgh could have its own. Glasgow could have its or Glasgow in the West could have its own. You know even even look at look at Grampian where there are a million clubs in there and they could they could have something really similar to to the border league. And I know look. There's there's going to be a huge disparity in abilities to start with, but you know I've I've played in, in New Zealand and the same teams win that, those competitions all the time. And you look at and they're regional. You look at the city the city clubs and it, it happens all the time until you need to let it lie. Much like Super Super Six and I think for us it would be a little bit different in the Highlands and Islands because we you know who we we're going to have to play. You know, we probably have to steal Murray for example and we play. Again doing a lot a lot of traveling but for our first team there, there then needs to be that level above it where potentially we we open up as a district and 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 just be allowed to get a spanking in the super six for for the next year and if our players aren't up to it that's fine um but we've had that experience and then we can sit down shut our faces and, and just get on with what we're doing um but i you know i, I think regional rugby at the grassroots level, at the lower level, is going to get more people playing. You're going to get more people buying pints behind the bar. Um, I, for one, know that my wife would be far happier with me not being away um, for 13, 14 hours every Saturday, every other Saturday. I stay at the club a long time as well when I'm there. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I definitely think regional rugby is the way to go because it, look, it, it works everywhere else. And I think um, we... we I, and I'll, I'll say Highland as well, is it like, you know, clubs are a little bit vain. And if we just get rid of that vanity just for a little while for the better, for the betterment of the game, um, I, th- I think, I think we're going to have a better product in the country. I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, the, the Border League, Sean, I don't know if you know this, the Border League is the oldest competitive rugby union league there is. There was almost a split in Scotland at the same time as rugby league was created. Now Stern Rugby League they went because they wanted to go okay. professional. All they want all the teams in the borders wanted to do is play competitive yeah. rugby. But but the, the SRU and Ember wouldn't let them so they formed their own league. Nineteen ninety eight Border League winner. Nineteen ninety eight Border go. League winner. <laughs> the problem with the problem that happened with the Border League is kind of got sidelined by the forty eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Ian's absolutely right though. You get player attention. You've not got so far to travel. You could create different tiers, and teams would find a level. You know that's that's the thing. I mean, I've heard people at Berwick say that you know we'll find our level, and you would do that if you've got three. You know, rather than having a one tier border league, which was an issue because you'd have Berwick going and play Melrose, and the, the disparity at that point was huge. You'd have Langham going and playing in it. It's but if you were to have it stru- properly structured, eventually everyone would find the level, and there'd be less travel. 
less cost to the club. You have a derby every a derby every weekend, so that's going to get people you know coming to the bar and watching. Um, so I, it's the, for me, it's the way forward. Whether or not, like Ian says, you're going to get clubs to put their vanity to one side or even agree on on something because it's it's hard enough to get them to agree what to do during COVID nineteen, let alone mm. you know the long term structure of the leagues. But no, I think that's the way forward. Well, yeah, thanks for that. Um, that was a brilliant discussion and it could have gone another 45 minutes, especially with Bruce. <laughs> it could have gone another 45 minutes. Hey, so can be honest, Duke's Chisholm a good 15 minutes for his introduction. <laughs> Chisholm was on, Chisholm was on fire. <laughs> I don't know if in a couple of weeks you'd want to you'd want to come back and we'll, we'll do sort of the second part of this because I think there's a, there's so much we can touch on. Um, so we'll, we'll get a date in the diary. Um, I think we'll yeah we'll we'll pause it there for now and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll 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 come back to it in a, in a couple of weeks' time. How about that? But I'm I'm, so I'm a bit worried because Chisholm uh, so, Chisholm's going to get pelters. He's supposed to be at training tonight, and he's sacked off training to be on Facebook <laughs> Live. So Chisholm is going to be getting pelters. I've had a beer as well. <laughs> uh, Ian, Bruce, Cammy, absolutely brilliant. Uh, let's do this again in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I just got to let everyone know that you, uh, about next week. Next week is uh, probably the biggest one we'll do. We're going to be doing uh, a live Q and A with the boss of English rugby, uh, the rugby development director, uh, Steve Granger, is going to be taking everybody's questions live, no holds barred. Uh, so there's going to be plenty to say about the English game, but um. A brilliant discuss discussion on the grassroots game in Scotland. Uh, we'll do it again in a, in a few weeks' time. But Ian, Bruce, Cammy, thank you for your time, uh, and enjoy your evenings. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, Sean. Thank you. Cheers, Sean. Thank Bye. you. Cheers, gents. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thanks again to Ian Chisholm, Cammy Black, and Bruce Aitchison for joining me. Don't forget to join us on facebook.com slash fybrugby live every Thursday evening and get involved in the discussions. And for all the information on Philly Roots, please visit fybrugby.com. I've been Sean Freeland and you've been listening to the Philly Roots Rugby Roundtable.